0: You don't need to buy backlinks to boost your SEO profile, or you don't need to buy backlinks to get backlinks. Hi, I'm Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast, and today I'm speaking with Bibi, the link builder, who is the kooky founder of Bibi Buzz, where her wild party of link slingers build juicy backlinks for her worldwide clientele. She is infamously known for action-packed link building advice, creative outreach training and expired dad jokes. Now, in this podcast episode, Bibby and I had a lot of fun. We talked about... The equation of quantity versus quality backlinks and the backlink building. And more so about is it should you go for one or should you go for the other? Or would it good be for you would it be good for you to do a blend? And what feels right for you instead of just going by what most people suggest, what feels right for you as your business and as your business owner and what sort of links do you want to build? Think about that from an ethical standpoint and what is the best way to go, the best strategy for you. It could be blended, it could be mostly quantity, it could be maybe a bunch of non-relevant links or non-contextual links. We also talk about why most sites get spammy backlinks, which we wanna actually cover further and we wanna actually know more about. So if somebody knows more about that, let us know. We also talk about how to know which pages to build links to from the pages you may already have, or how to create content using Ahrefs, um, you know, content, uh, you know, finder, how to create content that will easily get you links. For the content that you create we also talk about how to do outreach that sets you up to win links and most often not need to pay for those backlinks and so much more in between all of that this is such a valuable episode if you own an online business chances are you're going to want to do some link building at some stage you don't need to pay for it this is the podcast episode for you. Before we dive in, a special note that this podcast episode is not the only way that I can help you for free. We help a lot of people save millions of dollars and make millions of dollars through buying online businesses. One of the tools that we use is our due diligence framework. You can get that for free at buyingonlinebusiness.com forward slash free resources. Check it out. Now let's dive in to the podcast. Bibi, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I'm waving from Amsterdam.
0: (laughs) And I'm on the other side over here in Australia. Now, I wanted to just drive straight in. I wanted to ask so many people wanting to build backlinks to build their blogs. Where do most people go wrong when they set out to acquire backlinks? What are the top sort of few things they, they get wrong?
1: Yeah, a couple of things. So... I think one of the the base things is to not uh, spend some time and research uh, the audience of the people that you want to get links from and the needs of those people. So a lot of times people focus on their own customers, right? But you want links from specific site owners and then you have to think about what are, tra- what are they trying to do with their site? You know, how are they <clears throat> engaging with their audience? How are they selling to their audience? Uh, and how can my piece of content or my linkable asset help with that? Um, and the other thing is that you that's often people don't look at the audience themselves, uh, the audience of those uh, link prospects, and because it could be slightly different than uh, your customer audience. So I think that's that's definitely one thing. Uh, The second thing is to um, be obsessed with scaling. Yes, scaling is important because you want to systemize stuff. You want to work efficiently. But at some point, you're so focused on scaling that you lose sight of your conversion rates. And at some point, your conversion rate is going to be so low that scaling is no longer the, the most... Uh, cheap way to do stuff right because you have to email more and more and more which means that you get flagged for spam and then you have to have uh, all these uh, intense systems to to uh, um, get new email addresses you know make sure your email deliverability is on point if you notice that you get lost in the scaling and you lose sight of your why then go back and try to fix your uh, outreach that way and a third thing was well I don't know a third thing I think that was pretty good already
0: Yeah. So. The second one being when you start acquiring so many links and you want to scale it, sometimes you realize that there's a seesaw that you don't need more links. You need to fix your conversion rate because you already got a lot more traffic coming from those links and the conversion rate's low. So focus on the conversion rate before you move back. And it's sort of that.
1: Oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean conversion Sorry, I, di- I didn't mean conversion rate of your uh, product sales. I meant conversion rate of winning the links. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. So, people, it, when they when they are obsessed with scaling, they, at some point they're sending out hundreds thousands of emails per month mm-hmm. to get a zero point zero zero one conversion rate of links. That's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry, not no, not about the uh, sales.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the quality versus Mm -hmm. quantity equation say somebody's going to come to you and they say they got a blog and they've got like a dr35 or something like that in a particular niche they want to do some backlink building so they can increase their say they're EAT and they're gonna get some brand ambassadors on with the, the actually write good content and they got a digital footprint in the niche. What's what's your take on the on the quality, like a few quality links versus quantity links? What's what's your take on that equation there?
1: All right. So I've never done a real test where I I, I thought like, oh let's get a thousand shit links, what people consider shit links, and then get uh, three really high quality links. I've never done a test with that, right? So I don't know if it ends up being the same right maybe from uh, bad links you just need more i don't know well, although that could have, have some own problems in itself as well uh, but i would always look at your competition and then uh, you know some people are overwhelmed by looking at the links the backlink profiles of the competition but if you whittle it down if you remove all the bad links they're, they're only competing with like 10 links 10 really relevant natural placed links you can't look at quantity without researching them as well for quality if i see all the competitors uh, ranking with a uh, thousand bad links then it's my choice you know either i want to go for a thousand bad links or or i try to be different and go for uh five or ten yeah that's links.
0: an interesting take so say you do find some book some competitor with a thousand and maybe three mm. or four competitors with a thousand bad links and they have a more of a more of authority their sites have more of authority than you where would you where would you go from there would you say okay clearly what they've done for success is getting a lot of crappy links or would you would you just go i I know that through my experience with building links and quality links high traffic high dr all that from you know in other niches for other sites i'm going to take that approach how do you know what approach to juggle and what's your your most common go to then.
1: Well, let's go back a little bit to a couple of things you said. So one is you said high authority sites. What do you mean with high authority? And the other thing was high DR. So why high DR, right? So what do you mean with high authority?
0: What I mean is they got like a their domain authority is say you know seventy or something like that, and you want to want okay. to get your that site's authority up to to a, to that type of authority or high DR, say 65, 70 something like that. Something like that.
1: I'm not a metrics link builder. Okay. I, I don't give a f about metrics. <laughs> so DA, DR, it's something for me to weed out through a giant list of prospects or whatever, right? It's something to give me a little bit of an indication, but it's really, really low on my uh, list of uh, establishing how strong the competition is.
0: Okay, and what, what is high on your list?
1: Yeah. Ranking for important keywords their traffic flow, how much traffic tools are estimating that they're getting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that that kind of stuff, and and definitely also an eyeball test as well to see is this a site that I think is going to survive the next year, right? Or or are they they, they look so spammy or whatever? So I don't I don't really care about high authority in the terms of DA or DR.
0: I like that you say eyeball test because there's so many people doing link building based on those data metrics alone and not actually viewing what is the page that you're getting the link from and to what page are we linking to and what's the, what's the, yeah what's the relevancy, what's the connection there, putting yourself in the viewers shoes or seats of the site that you're linking from. And what would their experience be going from that page to, say, the page that you're trying to gain the link to? What would their and how would that benefit them in terms of value? Is that what you mean by eyeballing?
1: No, I think because uh, we were talking about the authority of a mm-hmm. site. So what I meant with the eyeball test is like, um, do I like the site? Does it look like a neglected garden that nobody cares about, right? Or does it look like some something that somebody really invested in in this building on? And it doesn't mean like it's ugly or uh, or beautiful because that doesn't say anything, right? The slick design or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, that's what I mean with eyeball test because because uh, you were talking about the high authority of competitors and then figuring out how you want to build links. Uh, so if, if we if we if we let go of the whole authority thing because it means something different for for everybody, then if you look at competitors. It's your choice if you want to go the route, the same route they're doing, or if you want to uh, follow your own uh, common sense or or whatever. Um, I would basically do a combination of both because I, I wouldn't pin myself down to one link building strategy. I would start with one link building strategy, see how that works, right? Mm-hmm. And then build upon that. So, uh, if your competitors have a lot of uh, bad or, or spammy links, then uh, then it's your choice whether you want to do that or not. Um, I think both things can work.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to ask that question again. What's your take on a lot yeah. of links versus very relevant links, and a few and a few of them?
1: So, I think you have to uh, make a choice what aligns with you best. Your your let's say you um, see a lot of um, Bad links doing doing a clearly doing a job right right so you uh, then you have a choice am I going to go the same path or not either is a, is fine with me but it's a choice so if you go for the for the links that seemingly look bad it has to fit your personality because there there is some risk uh, involved yeah. right but I don't think it's necessarily a bad or good choice it just depends on on how you want to live basically uh-huh. I I, uh, I saw this in an interview with. A podcast from Authority Hackers, yeah, and they were also talking about the ethics and morality of link building, yeah. and I think it was Mark or Gale, and they said it really has to do with your own personality as well. Mm. You know how you want to live your life. I don't feel good about building links from really spammy um, sites, yeah, because it doesn't fit my personality. I like people, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why I go for uh, other types of, of links, and so. But I don't... Yeah. Sorry, go on. I think people are sometimes too in one camp about these things or they're... Mm. Yeah. I'm more pragmatic, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, it's, uh, it's like as human beings, we would like things to be forever. Like we've got one marketing strategy and we're like, let's just set it and forget it. That's what we kind of like. So we don't have to use our brain right. and come back to it again. And we also don't realize we can have a hybrid approach that can actually work really well together. For example, having one platform type of marketing working really well and it may actually complement a different type of marketing. And that could be the same with backlinks as well you know, depending on how search engines determine the, a valuable backlink profile at any one given time, what might be relevant, how they value a a backlink profile in 2022 may be totally different in 2032. And that blend of very relevant links with a few links that are just sort of spammy, not so relevant links may actually be a good approach. And hedging your bet would you agree yeah
1: i think you have a really yeah i think you have a really good point so i, I would be very careful still right so um, but but a blended approach where you just try a couple of things out one after the other see what the effect is it's a really good way to find out what works for you but also a good way to spread the risk in a way just like you say right if um i have some uh, bigger brand clients and um, one of the things that shocks me is that their in-house teams for instance they tell them don't link out you know you cannot link out even not no follow or whatever you can't link out because that's uh that has that was bad it was penalized by google <laughs> la, la la and it's true i i think you got to be careful by making it such a black and white rule because yeah. what happens you're going to get all the links you're going to get 75 links from from your vendors every month or whatever or yeah. more and you're not going to link out well how's how does that
0: look yeah And how does it look in in the eyes as the algorithm changes in 10 years time and you have to go back because the algorithm and the search engines are all ever evolving and upon a time it was good to link out (laughs) you know versus maybe a different story at a different time.
1: Yeah but then people scaled it and it threw up a big pattern right so that's so that's exactly what you said before with the with the blended uh, approach. I think that's really really good because everything that you overuse and scale up at some point is going to be a pattern and it's going to be copied by other people and then it's dead so we marketers ruin everything <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do is that marketers do so I'm curious now that we talk about a blended a blended approach if you took a site. And I'm just thinking about what your take on this may be. If you took a site that had a lot of not so quality links, a lot of spammy links, and it decided to go the route of, all right, we're gonna just, just going to remove a lot of those and we're just going to go for mm-hmm. sites that have big, juicy links with lots of traffic and we'll call them high authority sites. And we're going to use that metric just so for ease of people listening, not making it technical. Yeah and you've got, say, maybe 50 really good quality links, but no no other links are, like, everything's just so high quality and you've got no sort of filler links, sort of semi-relevant, non-relevant or spammy links. You've got to have none of that in between. Would you have the perception that Google would go, this doesn't look very natural, like it's too perfect? And
1: um,
0: would, do you think that would be a thing to cause...
1: I don't know. It could be. But at the same time, if you're having all these really strong links... Uh, You're going to pick up all these other spammy links as well, anyway, without having to do anything. Naturally, yeah. Because you're going to naturally have all the block spots in the world. Because they just, you know, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Because those links should be really relevant, I think, you know. Uh, At the same time, I I don't know. Because if you, I've never done a test with this. So I don't know how it is to get 550 a la Forbes links Have no relevancy. What happens then?
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, it's. I don't know. I would just. It's funny how I want to come back to the Forbes links. Let's come back to that. But I just want to put uh, just highlight something for people listening. A lot of people that are buying website businesses, hmm. we do SEO due, due diligence on the link profile, the backlinks, and one of my students asked me. Uh, maybe a month or so ago is every single site has spammy backlinks it 's just a common yeah, thing true. you just have to expect it like it's just it just happens so do you want to explain do you want to explain why that why that happens
1: yeah so uh we used to folk every link prospect we uh we look at them right mm. um and we used to also look uh, very closely to their backlink profile We still do that but you see so many spammy links that you can't judge a site on it. They're gonna pick it up anyway. Mm. Um, so I, I, am not, I'm not very an ex- I'm not an expert in spammy links. <laughs> but what happens? I think I, I, really don't know. I know that black hat people they have some automated where they link to other sites around a specific topic because all these block spots things are very uh, contextual, right? So yeah. let's say your baker site and you're gonna get all these. Maker block spot things. I actually don't know how that works. I think they do it to, to somehow become relevant in in a niche. What do you know?
0: I don't Sorry, actually I don't know, and I course. have, you know, maybe there is negative SEO where people may purchase non quality, spammy, toxic links to go to a competitor's domain. I feel that's
1: maybe it's, it's crazy
0: to think yeah. that somebody would do that. But in other business aspects I've seen people do those types of things. It's a very fear based mentality, which is I don't believe you should build anything based on fear. But I believe there's people out there that that are in that area and so that that could be a reason but it's <laughs> yes. not gonna be like every single site has non-quality links so I just don't know exactly where they where and why they all come from so if somebody's listening does know maybe we we'll get you on the podcast and and explain that but I'll, now i want to bring it back to the-
1: yeah it's super annoying yeah. oh no, sorry because I, I i want i want a 2 have to put a thing like a standard thing in their backlink profile, where you could just exclude all those. Now you have to do all these word filters to get yeah. them out. But yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's weird. I don't know how why it happens, but yeah, if somebody does know, let us know. Uh, it'd be great to get a good explanation yeah. on it. But coming back to the Forbes links, yeah, Forbes is like not particularly in any one niche. They've got so much content around so many things, and I just don't believe that mm. Forbes links are always the best links to go for versus and this is this is what I feel versus say if you've got a site that's in the dog niche getting a link from another site or another page it's in the dog niche which is talking about a point that you mentioned in your article and you gain that link from them that supports your article and lifts your lifts yours up I feel like and that that link maybe from a decent authority site with that's pushing a lot of good link juice and and traffic to that page. A lot of times that could be better, right? So you, I would love to hear what you have to say about that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it does depend on the context of the yeah. link. So Forbes ranks for they have their own mini affiliate clusters within. Their domain called Forbes Advisor, and um, they rank for some stuff where you think like, what brag for bra for saggy boobs? (laughs) Hello, (laughs) yeah. So yeah, and then and but then when you look at the page, you can see that it gets a lot of Mm -hmm. traffic. Mm -hmm. So and that they're ranking for relevant keywords. So I wouldn't have a problem getting a link from that page if it's relevant to uh, to my niche. I personally prefer. Uh, a link from a real expert, mm-hmm. so like you say, like the dog expert or something. Yeah. But uh, I think I think they would be both good if the link on Forbes comes from a page that relevant that's relevant and gets uh, traffic, or or it's from a, a really good guest post. You know that you know a lot of people are going to see. So I don't, um, but I do think that people uh, see a Forbes link as a holy grail, and that's something they need to let go. Because I get I get leads uh, in you know, for uh, for my service. And then they're like, I want Forbes links. And I was like, why, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, explain to me yeah. why. It sucks that people just obsess with this link from this specific domain, and then ignore all the small sites that are, are doing a great job, right, so.
0: Let's talk about that then. Say so you get a lead that says, hey, I want 20 links from Forbes, I want five links from Forbes, and this is my budget and you say, hang on, why, yeah. what's your advice to them? And say they've got a, yeah. a site that's in sports bras, you know, women's sports bras or something like that, and, they, and they're yeah. wanting... They're wanting links from Forbes. What's your advice to them in terms of link building?
1: Uh, go find another link builder. <laughs> that's my, my number so I'm not that link builder, yeah. right? I, I don't know people at Forbes. I don't know how to get links. Well, I, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> but I mean, I want to get links from Forbes, but I'm not that type of link builder. So finding somebody else that can. that's a better fit yeah. for you. I'm not there to convince people of anything so I usually just send them away in a very charming way I hope but the second if if they if they wanted to know why if they want to have some education on it yeah I, I would say that it it's going to look weird if you just focus on a site just because it's that site or that person and you ignore all the amazing experts out there where you can get how do you say contextual links you know really relevant yeah. links and you could even develop that relationship further, right? So you 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 become um, an expert as well, because it's 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 just like normal how you deal with people. If you wanna if you wanna achieve a certain goal, look at uh, the people that you hang out with. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's it's. It, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not an Einstein about this. I'm just really common yeah. sense. So yeah, it was. if if a client doesn't get that, if a lead doesn't get that, then then. We're not speaking the same language. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so when you say I'm not that type of link builder and I could have preconceived yeah. idea of what type of link builder you are and it, and that could be that mm. you would like to get contextual links and help them build relationships through link building rather than just, you know, metrics and vanity.
1: You know yeah. Me.
0: Is that the type of link building that you are? link builder you are or would you add to that yeah. or would you change that like
1: no, that's the, the kind of person uh, I am because I'm I don't want to be tricksy, full of tricks and yeah. things. And I'm not I can't I can't play chess. I can't think two steps ahead, you know. So I just think what's the most logical thing to do. I have a site around dog food, so I want to have links from dog nutrition experts or families or whatever, you know.
0: And then once you know that you want those types of contextual links, what does your outreach look like? Do you go and just try and find ten of the best? most contextual pieces of content. Uh, sorry, let's 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 go one step. Let's go one I've got another question that comes before this one. I want to put it in logical yeah. order. A client comes to you and says, Yeah, I've got yeah. some dog I got I got a, a dog food business or a pet care business. Some some business owners and website owners don't know they know they need links and they go, Hey, I just need to get links to this site. They don't know which page to get it to or why um why maybe a particular right. page or a main category page or the home page might be better I have a, a little bit of an understanding but I'd like to hear from you what type of pages you know what and which where should we be sending these links to before we go away and look for them like what, what how do you choose tell people and help people choose what they get to? target pages
1: yeah. yeah so choose target pages yeah. right so when 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 a lead comes in I have a full list of of um, I think it's 24 questions. Mm-hmm. And then we go through what are, what are your, uh, what are your link building efforts so far? Who's your target audience? What are topics they want to know more about? What are topics they should know more about? What are services you think deserve more attention? What do you want to focus on for the next two months? Uh, your, your keywords, all these, all these mm-hmm. things um, help determine the target pages. But usually clients have already determined their target pages. So I, Sometimes I do it for them. What I usually look for then is that I do some keyword research. I see which keywords are relevant to the products or their their audience and where are opportunities where they can grow. So kind of like low-hanging fruits. So for instance, you look at um, uh, page one. They're not in the top three, right? But they're in four or five. What can we do to bump mm-hmm. that up? And then I look at... Uh, that topic or that that product on your site, what's, ar- what's around it, right? So do you have an informational cluster around it or a linkable assets mm-hmm. or something like that? And ideally, I always try to uh, determine uh, one or two commercial pages to focus on for the next uh, two to three months. Informational pages pages around that, because I do like to go for unpaid links mostly. Mm-hmm. So I wanna see what's, what would make sense to link out to for somebody without getting money for
0: it. Yeah. So you mean like yeah. a link exchange?
1: No, like a, a guest post Okay, yes. Yeah. Or, it's a, or a link insertion. Yeah. So what are, one of the things that I also do is um, content ideation for linkable assets. Can I tell you a little bit right. about that? If yeah, you want to know your audience wants, like, a, you know all about <laughs> that, but you know, your audience. <laughs> so I think content is so, so important. You know, I mean, of course you can get tons of links without having content. Yeah. But at some point, you got to do it because it's just going to, um, you got to start building that because it's going to help you along the way to just vacuum up all those things. Rank for um, all the keywords. So for
0: issue- <laughs> rank huh? for all the keywords.
1: <laughs> yes, that's all the keywords, position one, guaranteed. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but um, one of the things that uh, uh, we do is uh, very simple stats pieces. So usually the client writes those. And when you look at, um, at your audience, there are some trending topics or there are things that, that sites always publish around for, for that specific audience. And if you look at journalists and publishers, they, they need to do their homework, right? So when they write about a topic, they need to have, uh, data. And, uh, I found that yes, you can do your own data, but it does take a lot of time or, or maybe I'm just really bad at it. <laughs> but what you can also do is co- is com- make a compilation of all the stats that are around floating on the internet so just make a an article but it's a v- kind of a dry piece that, that goes through all the stats then you put all the stats the most important facts on top of on the, on the top of the article and then uh, if you have a pretty strong domain you can just maybe build a couple links to it but just let it sit there and then journalists are going to um do their research and when they use the stats from that piece, they'll just link mm-hmm. to it because they don't have time. They have to do 10. So they're not going to see what the original, original source is. They're just going to use your piece. So we did a piece like that for clients around veganism. It picked up 250 links, right? So that's that's great. But it's over the year. So you have to yeah. update it every every yeah. year. And the other thing is uh, foundational pieces. So that's around if you if you have something that's relevant, well, and I'll just... Name an example. So we have a client that's uh, part of their audience are honeymooners, people that are getting married. Of course, an engagement ring is really important in that. And then I found out that a lot of the gemstones that are used in engagement rings or other jewelry there weren't really good foundational pieces on them, so Wikipedia pieces, right? But the fun thing about creating a foundational piece that's not on Wikipedia is that you can make it pretty juicy. So you can also talk about the uh, uh, benefits of gemstones, the meaning, the oranges, all those things that are too controversial to include in Wikipedia. And when somebody's getting married or or they want to give somebody a piece of jewelry, it's not a it's well. It's also about origin and the uh, and the uh, uh, and and all that stuff. But it's more about the meaning because it's a milestone, mm. right? So with with that client, we did all these foundational pieces around every gemstone that's on the planet. And then you you might think like, oh, that's not really relevant. You know, we're not selling gemstones, la la la. However, one of the pieces got picked up by US uh, magazine because they were writing about the engagement ring of Jennifer Lopez, and they were doing a piece. Because UDU's Magazine also has Forbes affiliate clusters, yeah. Forbes-like affiliate clusters. So they were like, how can you buy the same ring at Jennifer Lopez on Amazon? And they were talking about a specific gemstone and its and its benefits. Mm. And then they quoted the clients about the benefits of the right. stone. I forgot what your question was, but I think it was about how to get links. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was uh, uh, how, how to choose stuff. which pages and on your site to build links to and
1: oh so if if you don't have target pages if you don't have target pages no
0: no it was just like just just an example of somebody that doesn't know what page they should be building yeah i just need something on the site but i think that's a great example of yeah uh, of having uh, a, a main page a target page and you can have different the cool thing about that is you build a lot of links to that and you have different gemstones with different data points and information about it. Yeah. You can also have supporting pieces of content for it. So you can have a whole content cluster based off that that main target page and you can have internal links from that main target page to other pieces of content where maybe US magazine links to that target page for the initial information about one of the gemstones but then they can go to that page and click onto another link on your own site where they get a full full article around that gemstone which just adds so much value to that link and the user to your site which means the link's so much more valuable right
1: yeah so that's that's also a really important thing Uh, before everybody starts uh, jumping on clusters and, and, you know, all that stuff really start doing your internal linking from the beginning, because I noticed with so many sites now they've done a full content run like last year or something. So they added like 500, 700 pieces. And then they're, Oh, Oh, we got to do internal (laughs) linking. (laughs) Then They have to go back and fix it and just, you know, and I give it to an intern and intern and runs away.
0: (laughs) It's never seen. (laughs) So once somebody has, once you know, all right, cool, we've got some target pages, let's build some links to this. Your outreach strategy, you you don't want to have to pay for links. Uh, So what does it look like? Are you looking at sending hundreds of emails, thousands of emails, or are you on the boat where you go, let's find the most – contextual relevant piece of content on the web for those target keywords and let's build a relationship with them rather than just going cold outreach to a million people or is it somewhere in between is there a blend
1: yeah there's a blend so so, um uh by the way i do have clients that that are are cool with paid links so let's say 20 percent of our links uh, come from paid opportunities so i'm definitely not against that but it's just personally i don't like it i like to charm people into getting stuff <laughs> but for about the outreach we do cool cold outreach for every kind. i think we do like 30 a day and with with some with some um pros, uh, with some projects it it takes uh, uh i don't know 400 emails to get enough links and with other ones it, it just keeps on going yeah. <laughs> it takes yeah. thousands but it's never like in the in the hundreds or or Anything yeah. like that? Absolutely not. I think what's what's different is, is difference is that when people look at scaling and quality, uh, so quality would be a bespoke email, right? So a very unique email for that's meant for one specific person. Yeah. A template is is something you use for multiple people, you use the same thing. It has a little bit of personalization, like the first name or stuff like that. Yeah. But that's it. But I like to go in the middle, where yes, I'm doing templates, but I'm I'm making sure that the, that a the copy of the template is very targeted. For that
0: yeah. audience, so not personalized. Yeah, so there's a difference between targeted and personalized, right? So you mean target?
1: No, it's personalized. It's personalized, but it's not bespoke. Yeah, it's personalized and targeted, but it's not bespoke. So, so um, okay. Let me give you an example. Uh, I've I've given this example before, but it's for a computer brand, and then they're they're focused on printers, right? So on, on for graphic designers. Uh, was it graphic designers? I don't know, but so, we looked into what are the uh, most annoying things that graphic designers have to deal with. And it's where the client wants changes one day before the deadline or something. And I wanted to buy next day at 12 p.m.
0: I'm laughing because so my we friend, did was my we friend opened... is a graphic designer and I know he's frustrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, that's the thing. So, oh, can I get a link for me? But anyway, so in a, sub- in a, in a subbing line, you said, we said, I love your I love your style or I love your design, but you know. So they open the email, and then it's, uh-huh. um, yeah. But can you make the f- font a little bit funnier? And um, I want to have these colors. Oh, and can you make it look more like Apple by Wednesday, twelve p.m. Thank you. You know. So so a a, a designer that opens the email is just like super annoyed, but he's also laughing because it's exactly one of their uh, biggest annoyances and then you go into the whole email where yeah i understand how it is i want to educate help you educate your your audience which are your potential clients yeah. right and this is how yeah, so, so so that's what i mean with targeted you don't just do a generic uh email right. you make it targeted for a specific audience or you can also make it targeted around the current trend so i also did emails themed with uh, squid game or lord of the rings or stuff like that i love
0: it i want to just highlight something for the audience that may not have the the may not not have heard what i heard uh what i heard is you you did outreach personalized it's it's not bespoke it's personalized but target targeting to that person but what i heard was you helping and adding value to that person by asking if they would like to link to a valuable resource that they don't have to create for themselves that they can send their traffic to from their site, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 how you should reverse engineer some of your mm-hmm. content and your linkable assets. Like uh, okay so uh, a part of my audience are graphic designers or we're focusing on them right now because they have the highest uh, cro or whatever so what are their problems and how can we help them solve their problems and not not with your products right but yeah it's just on, on on social if somebody says oh keto is so bad and then you you don't have the time to convince them so you you link to a case mm-hmm. study and you say yeah but it's not bad look <laughs> scientists <says> <laughs> i love it
0: i love it There's somebody that is on a mad quest, and we're going to finish up the podcast, but I, I just want to ask one more question. For somebody that's on a mad quest to just get a lot of great links, they want to do it in a way that they're not doing massive outreach to get a lot of spammy links. They want to do it in, in a way that feels right for them ethically. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them if they're just about to start embarking on that on this link building journey for their site
1: yeah so first off this this is not to do with outreach necessarily but uh, look at your uh, existing network Mm. so a lot of people have uh, business partners suppliers uh, fans or whatever and 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 tap into them uh, because so many people leave those links on the table and I think it's it's um, it's pity. and the other part is uh, research what people link to a lot anyway right and what the what the problem is of the prospects and their audience. So I, I like to use HVF's Content Explorer. Mm. And I always like to use w- words that are not specific to a topic, but specific to some kind of need. So if you look in Content Explorer and you type in how many or how do I get or something like that, and then you start filtering it on domains, uh, on referring domains. So you say you, you want to see every topic out there. No, no you want to see every content piece out there that follows the question, how many, that gets uh, 500 links. Mm -hmm. And not to the homepage, and maybe they are a low DR. In this case, I would not use DR. Um, That way you can find smallest sites that are getting a lot of links purely based on the value of their content. And then you can, of course, um, uh, make something similar. Or you can, if it's not relevant to your niche, you can... uh, uh, apply it to your, your own niche. And that, that works really well. Another thing you can do with the content explorer is just put in an empty search. Awesome. So no words at all and then start filtering. Uh, yeah, so I would definitely reverse engineer everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's such a great strategy to to create content for natural backlinks that people are just going to link to because they need to share that.
1: Yeah, and you can... And you, you could, you can build links to it. It doesn't say you have to just sit sure. back and just wait for the links to come because it often doesn't yeah. happen. But you can build links to it or you can maybe run some ads for it if it's like a really low, um, low CPC, uh, mm. keyword. So for instance, if you would do a trend, let's say Boba, right? So you do, uh, Boba statistics 2023, you would run an ad for that and that helps you go to position zero with a piece like that and then you could get some links maybe because because journalists are, are lazy they're not
0: gonna go <laughs> I love it I love it Bibi thank you so much for coming on where can we send people to check out more about what you are doing because it's awesome
1: uh thank you so you can go to bibibuzz.com and um there's nothing on there <laughs> But yeah. you just go to the uh, link building services page, and there you can go bits I'll through my process. to the link building something.
0: services page. There is there is some content on that that's that's valuable for you to go through. So I'll link to that in the show note, guys. Thank you for thank you cool. so much for coming on, Bibi. It's great to have you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, and uh well, build some links, everyone. Yes,
0: exactly. Everybody <laughs> that is listening, thank you for listening. If you know somebody that owns a website business do them a massive favor and share this podcast episode with them. Yes, it helps us reach more people, Jared and Bibi, and we get to help more people with what we're doing, but it's helping them with free content. And link to this podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye.